What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I am Laura Norman, and this is episode 34, game 41, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I don't know, I think all of you will agree, there was a different team that showed up today. And in an impressive 4-2 win for the Columbus Blue Jackets at home at Nationwide Arena, it was quite a hockey night. Oh, without a doubt here, especially at the halfway mark of the season. Oh, are, are we not playing 80, 82 games this year? No, we're not. We're not, oh. unfortunately. Oh, no. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm choosing to believe that the final of that game was four to nothing. Like, I've just accepted that. Um, You're giving Corpy the shutout? I am, yeah. So if you go to my website where I track my data, um, you'll see it that way. I think that... I, do you wonder what would have happened if John Cooper wouldn't have pulled Vasilevsky and if we wouldn't have scored it? Because, like, I, very capable Tampa Bay is of scoring goals pretty quickly. Pulling pulling Vasilevsky with seven minutes left in the third period and letting the Jackets score a fourth goal, like, that team is very capable of scoring three goals in seven minutes, five on five. So I was shocked by that. Yeah, I think uh, basically everyone was pretty, I personally have never seen a goalie pulled that early in the last three and a half years. Um, Jody and Jeff were equally as shocked and confused. Um, it was definitely a bold choice that did not pay off for them. Um, you know, I can see... I, I just don't know. I, I guess maybe he just thought instead of replacing the goalie with their backup, that just pulling it would be better. But it, it I don't know. But I mean, it worked out for us in the end. Um, yeah, this was a, this was an interesting Blue Jackets to watch. Um, I mean, it was a great, fun game to watch. A lot of people got on the, um score sheet tonight that we haven't seen on the score sheet in a while including one Mr. Zach Dalby who scored his first goal NHL goal in some crazy number like a thousand 64 days or something like that because he's been playing in the AHL but um it's definitely been since 2016 or 17 that it's been since he scored a goal in the NHL. Um, and that was so awesome. He had spoken earlier uh, in the week about all the hard work that he's been doing to try to get back up to this level and being motivated by his two young sons um, to do that and to have him score a goal and really kick everything off um, was really exciting. And then, of course, Jack Rosselvick gets a goal, um, which I think for for him and for everyone that's been rooting for him, that was such a big deal because Torts has been riding his ass like nobody's business um, and sort of really hating on his gameplay. So to have him get 
a goal um, and really just look very sharp on his line tonight and be a really effective player like that. That was a good, um, a good night for him. And then of course, Max, I always am so happy whenever Max is able to like, look like Max again, look like how he played in Montreal. Um, he had a really solid game tonight, a lot of really good plays. And then of course, a goal himself, um, which ended up being the game winner for us. Um, and we're never gonna, no goals are ever disappointing or unneeded as Blue Jackets. So clearly still great to have our beloved captain uh, cap it off with a fourth empty net goal after they insanely, Tampa insanely pulls Vasilevsky uh, with seven minutes to go. So, you know, we gave it to them tonight. It was kind of nice. Oh, without a doubt. And y'all can hear more about our thoughts on this. If you listen to the trade deadline special that's coming out probably after or even before you've listened to this episode, depending on when you're listening to this episode. It'll uh, be a binging of subjectively speaking tomorrow. And you're so welcome for it. But could that have been Nick Felino's last goal as a blue jacket? I know. I'm getting a look. Um, when did you when when was the first game that you went to? It was 2017, right? It was December 20th, 2017. Do you want to know something funny? What? I just like, as you were talking about Zach Dalby and like getting back up to this level, do you know <laughs> how many NHL games Zach Dalby has played since you have become, I'll say like, that was like your fan anniversary, like since you became a fan of this team. Yeah. I mean, that's the day I celebrate personally. It's December 20th. Um, like six, seven, <laughs> he's played seven games in three years. <laughs> Um, I, which is like, I don't know why, but like in my head, and this is probably not fair to either of them, but like Zach Dalby and Nathan Gerby to me are like one. And I like think of them as one. So like whenever one gets, yeah, I up, don't, but that's whenever, more of a personal thing. That's fair. Whenever one gets caught up, I'm like, I have to think about it. I have to be like short one or Ohio state player, short one or Ohio state player, short one or Ohio state player. Um, so I know that you're not a super fan of Nathan Gerby, which is totally fair. Um, so, uh, and then you got Zach, Zach Dalby on the other hand, where it's like, Oh, feel good. Like actually like decent human. Um, and I that, mean, he's yeah. played, he has played well in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, he hasn't had the opportunities to get called up um, as often as other people have, but he's played well in Cleveland. He's their captain. Um you know, he, he's a character player. Like he has a good like personality. Um, he does a lot of the fun stuff, um, for the monsters. Uh, he did a, a short web series, um, called, I'm pretty sure it's called between two posts, um, in mocking the Zach Galvanakis between two ferns, uh, program. Uh, so yeah, he's just, he's a character guy. He's a good guy. Like you said, he's an Ohio state player or former Ohio State player. Um, and it's good to see, um, you know, just to see him be able to do that. And, you know, I'm always a sucker for whenever they talk about their kids. And, you know, so good for him. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited. Sorry, I was looking it up. 
either him or Nathan Gerby is the captain of the monsters, and I always forget. It's him this year. Has Nathan they- Gerby been the captain? Last year. Okay, do you see where Last do you year. see like do you see in my head like where I'm getting messed up? Um so yeah, I'm very much happy with the way the Jaggers played tonight. Of course, I we are doing everything we can to do um the best impression of the columbus broken jackets from last year um because or not last year the year before no last year no last year oh my god time is a flat circle um and it why does it why is it every other podcast that we have it looks like you are afraid that somebody's bringing into your home didn't you hear the car horn not a thing there was someone's car (laughs) and that's why i looked the window is that way fair um, so I, I was you. making sure no one was jacking my car. So Liz, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like, oh, okay. So going back to the Columbus Broken Jackets, of course, we find out today that Riley Nash is out four to six weeks, which is going to make part of our segment yesterday obsolete that we recorded with Mark Shag, um, because when you all listen to it, you will hear us talking about Riley Nash and his tradeability. He is no longer tradable because he is Riley Broken Nash. And so um, that's going to be moot. Enjoy that little piece. Live in, live in the fantasy world. Um, the other part of it now tonight is it looks like the Blue Jackets have lost Boone Jenner probably for the rest of the season. If I, I am making a lot of assumptions, but if what John Torrella said in his postgame press conference of, quote, not sure we're going to get good news there. Um not great. He takes a shot right off the hand uh, from Patrick Line. Um, he's doing his best David Savard impression, but like on the wrong side of the ice. So unfortunately, Patrick Line's one shot tonight doesn't end up on goal and ends up on Boone Jenner's hand. Um, so it looks like Boone is going to be out for a considerable amount of time. Laura just keeps shaking her head because she hates Patrick Line um, and is blaming Patrick Line for doing what we've been telling him to do for the last few months. So um anyway (laughs) i'm not saying anything i'm just shaking my head because boone jenner is more of an asset and i know that patrick had a better game tonight we went over we went over it already that he had a very good game tonight but in the last 20 games boone jenner has been a better asset than Patrick Line. All right. See, you fixed it. When you said that Boone Jenner is a better asset and just left it there like point blank period, I was like, call all 31 general managers in the NHL right now, 32 soon to be, and you ask them to say, okay, um, two players, I'll give them to you for free, Boone Jenner <laughs> or Patrick Line. Um, I'm just going to yes, say that. I understand, but in the last 20 games, with just speaking of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Boone Jenner has been a better asset to this team. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I just, when you started it like that, I said, oh, Laura's lost it. (laughs) That's because you stopped me. You didn't let me finish my thought. I'm not a crazy person. I just want the facts to be known that he took out one of our, his own teammate took out one of the larger assets on this team. On accident, Laura. So he says, I'm tired of you. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like Patrick Line is just aiming for Boone Jenner because Boone Jenner has been the reason why Patrick Line has not been successful in Columbus. It just worked out in his favor. 
<laughs> I do have to laugh though because and I don't know if you caught this watching it tonight but <laughs> there was at one point that Tex got um chased out of the <laughs> the face-off circle and Patrick Line had to go in and Jody just goes Tex is really gonna have to figure out how to be better at face-offs because Patrick is not good at them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, if if this team really wants Alexander Texier to be a center, uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, shout out your radio. What's like the first thing that a center does to start a play? A face-off. Mm-hmm. So not great. Um, yeah, like just in looking, although I will say, um, uh, that's so stupid. Why did NHL.com not show? the number of face-offs they just show the percentage anyway it might show it on the website but i'm not on the website i'm on my phone max dummy was only 20 percent in the face-off circle tonight texier was 45.5 so i mean like texier had a better night in the circle than uh, max did um of course boone jenner that's the other thing yeah now we no longer have someone who consistently wins face-offs yeah, I'm not gonna argue with you on that. Like, I listen, Boone Jenner is good. I promise, I believe that. <laughs> you, you're not telling me that's something I don't know already, but um, but yeah, I mean, like, then you had Nick and Nick and Jack both over fifty percent. Well, actually, no, sorry, Nick was at fifty percent. Uh, Jack was at fifty three point three. Um, Dalpy was thirty three percent. Um, I here's the thing, right? Like, even even considering the fact that Dalpy, like we're feeling really good about Zach getting a goal, and that's like a really feel good story. Um, that line did not play hockey tonight. Like that line, like when they're on the ice, they played hockey, but like they did not. Like Liam Foodie finished the game with six minutes and forty nine seconds of ice time. Zach Dalby had seven minutes and forty nine seconds. Eric Robinson had nine minutes and twenty six seconds. Eric Robin, I, I know that like earlier in the week or like last week I said like when Eric Robinson's like on your first line like raise a question but I don't think he's a fourth line player like on this team like I think he's more than that so like every time I see him playing fourth line minutes and only playing nine minutes a game it's like why like can he please play more I will I will pay him like I'll pay John Tortorella to give Eric Robinson more playing time I just think that one of the things that we're discovering in this season is just the severity level of John Tortorella's trust issues. And I just think that he, bless him, huge fan, you know, he just really has issues trusting certain things and certain people And so, and I think we've seen that over the course of this season where he, you know, he has like a weird closeness or a weird trust with certain players. So he uses them more often because they make him feel less anxious, i.e. Nick Foligno going out in overtime. Like everyone in the world will tell you that that doesn't make any sense. But because it makes Torts feel less anxious, Nick goes out, we have a terrible overtime win record. 
So, you know, again, I just think sports therapists are not utilized enough. I, it's so funny because you were not like, I, I can't remember if this was like before your time or like right at the beginning, but like you weren't like immersed yet. Um, are you talking about oh, the stuff with Bob? Yeah, everybody was like, Bob needs to see a sports psychologist. And he was basically like, like I, I'm making a lot of assumptions in tonight's podcast, but something tells me that the fine folks of Russia aren't like super with the shits on like mental health and like talking through like, especially men in Russia. Again, if you're Russian and I'm wrong, one, don't hurt me. Two, I apologize. Um, so... I haven't seen any Russian analytics from from our listenership, so I'm feeling pretty good tonight. But <laughs> but yeah, I think like you're right. Like it's just like just like Torts needs to see one. Yeah. But I don't know. I just like again, like we look at this and, and it'll be interesting too, right? To see like who fills in for Boone, like who's like given those minutes and who's giving that role, because like you look at that you look and like the discrepancy between like who towards trusts and who he doesn't right now is staggering cam plays cam barely plays less than seth jones tonight part of that is because of the jackets being on five power plays like a lot of those guys i mean a lot of those guys are getting more ice time tonight and and also like conversely like it's limiting the ice time of other folks like when you don't play five on five as much i mean that's 10 minutes roughly of like of game time for the jackets to be on the power play they score one um but that was actually encouraging too because like i think that says something about the way they're playing right like if they're out here like they're you know drawing penalties they're converting i mean listen 20 percent is not like anything to like write home about but it's it's i'm writing home about it with this team so yeah we hadn't even talked about that the fact that we drew a decent number of penalties for ourselves this evening. And we also, you know, killed off all of the, you know, Tampa uh, penalties, which was impressive. Um, there were nine penalties in this game. I like, I, I'm that's still like the most we've seen all season. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm still a little bit like, not feeling great about the ice time for like for foodie for Dalpy for um you know those guys playing lower for Robinson but seeing that and like recognizing okay that's 18 minutes of like I'll like calm down a little bit but I'm not willing to calm is it weird that like we have the emotional intelligence to admit when we're wrong mid podcast no I think it makes us more entertaining I feel like that's not very common in the podcast world to be like no, actually, I think people I think people run with things and then if they change their mind later they do to reference one of our favorite non-sports related podcasts they do a corrections corner um so um shout out to my favorite murder it's like the fourth time we've shouted them out on our podcast and I promise Laura and I are okay like I promise that we're okay like we just like true crime yeah, like if you're in a true crime and you haven't heard of My Favorite Murder or you haven't listened to My Favorite Murder, like I don't know what rock you're living under, but like Karen, Georgia, and Stephen are their shit. So um, goodbye. 
but uh yeah we just it was an interesting we haven't seen a game like this all season basically um where you do have these this huge amount of penalty time um you know this kind of interesting they played like a normal team like they they played like a normal team that like actually wins games regularly and that was weird for us and that's kind of sad that it was weird but you know it was also super funny that the entire Tampa team left the bench at the end of the second period even though the whistle was blown before the horn and it took them forever to come back out. And in fact, not even all of them came back out um, just for us to do a, a face off and then leave. But it was super funny. Um, but yeah, it just, it was an interesting game. And I mean, Corpy was, Corpy was just so good. It's just so good. And I just, you know, he and Elvis just have such a portion of my heart. And I know that it's going to get hard soon. But we just we just are not anything right now without the two of them. And Corpy just really. I wish he could have gotten a shutout, but it's fine. He did. Oh, yes, I forgot in our uh, fantasy world. He did get a shutout. He, no, he did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he was great. I would like to pivot the conversation to spend the rest of the podcast talking about how wild it would be if for some dumb ass reason, whatever team we traded one of them to and us got into like a line brawl and the two of them were the starting goalies in the game and they fought at center ice. Let's have that discussion. You want me to cry at a game. I feel like you'd be kind of into it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like you'd be kind of into it. Well, only because I really enjoy the fights. Like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, but the idea of like, they're hockey brothers in arms right now. Like they really, yes, they both want to, you know, it's the, the very like soap opera sort of situation where it's like, they both want to be the number one goalie. But they also both know that they have to work together in order to be to help make this team successful. And, you know, the it's the, both of them are underdogs. Like Corby spent so long living in the shadow of Sergei Bobrovsky. And, you know, Elvis came over here and had to, you know, combat this like terrible beginning part of the season and then had to show up for his team after Corby got injured. Like, you know, and they literally are the only reason why most of the time we win games so it would just feel very it would be like king kong versus godzilla yeah i it makes me (laughs) it makes me wonder how you would have handled the early blue jackets days like this kind of a situation this kind of a conversation like just makes me in the back of my head thank god if only laura like i think about um you mean like when they were really terrible well, and when like things were ha- like, so like Rick Nash, like when, when he got traded to New York, it was in part because like the theory was that he had requested a trade to like move to a team that was actually going to like give him a chance to win and all that kind of stuff, which a lot of people had a lot of feelings about. I was probably pissed about it when I was what, 15 or however old I was. Um, Four. 
<laughs> whatever no um and so like I think about that and I'm like oh like that makes sense today like logical Jeremy is kind of into it and like makes it makes sense but, but wasn't there a thing didn't Rick Nash and Bob get into kind of okay like- yeah this is what I was gonna say so like this is like what reminds me of like essentially like there was some play where like uh like Bob and Rick Nash like kind of like got into it isn't the right word and really like kind of like a little bit of pushing and shoving and like in the crease kind of deal and then Matt Calvert fought Rick Nash in his first game back to Nationwide Arena like the former captain's getting fought like at Nationwide Arena by this guy who's like your character guy um oh it was unique like I just wonder like how you would react to that like it, like I'm trying to think of a world where we trade Nick so that way Nick can get a Stanley Cup or try to get a Stanley Cup and the first time he comes back to Nationwide Arena all of a sudden Boone Jenner's fighting him like or like somebody like Max Domi is fighting him like your character guys are I really hope Max doesn't try and fight Nick. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, it was very that, though. Like, I just wonder how you would react to that because I think you would, I would pay money to sit next to you in that moment. I, I, oh, the emotions are too many, I think. Um, because there are certain circumstances. If I would had been a fan back then when Rick Nash got traded to New York, and the rumor would have been that he wanted to leave. And if I was the same way that I am right now with how I feel about people that are like that, I would have been like, yeah, Bob, hit him with your stick. Like, yeah, Matt Calvert, punch him in the face. I just think that you wouldn't have felt that way back then though because of how fucking disheveled the organization was. Like, I feel like you as the empath and you as the human would have been like, Rick, I would want out too. I would want the fuck out. Like, Miss Girl, you better go get your coin. You better go get your Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think that you, I, I don't think you would have been in the same place. Cause like, as of right now, the people who want out, they want out of a franchise. They want out of an organization that, pre, I mean, like up until this point over the course of the last five years has been pretty stable and pretty consistent and like has been pretty, you know, competitive. That was not the Blue Jackets that Rick Nash was playing for. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it, when you put it that way I was reading it more so of how, Pierre Luc Dubois yes yeah no and how I and how I fully hope that someone punches him square in the face just square in the face if it's if it's like if it's Seth or Zach do we know like does that does that make it clear Oh, you mean about yeah reason why he left? Yeah. What one of the potential reasons is why he left? Yeah, a little bit of political disagreement. Yeah, but if it's Seth, that's an extra added layer of problematic. <laughs> I just think that if it's any of the people that people like rag on for being a, of a certain ideology, if any of them are the ones that punch Pierre first confirmed i also always do that. i always accidentally say pierre like it's a good thing that we don't actually have him on this team anymore because i would definitely yeah, say pierre goes by luke. P- well and like his name is pierre luke it's not pierre like it'd be like you know how like when people's names are like anna marie and mm-hmm. if you don't call them anna marie and you just call them anna they're like i will fucking kill you <laughs> that's kind of like where I, 
I hear myself talk as we're recording and I'm remembering that I'm in the job search process. Um, Child, anyways. Wow. But no, I, I do fully, I can see where you're coming from with the whole like Rick Nash thing. But again, I do hope someone punches Pierre-Luc Dubois in the face. You with Jeff Carter? Are you joking? Oh my God, would I have paid money? I can hear it now. What do you mean this motherfucker won't get on his plane? (laughs) I hear it. I can hear your voice saying those words. Yeah, I mean, if they would let me punch Pierre-Luc Dupont in the face, that would be the ultimate goal. But I know that that won't be allowed ever. And if it happened outside of the arena, well, inside the arena too, I'd probably get arrested for assault. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Might. Even though I think I think it would be potential that other fifth liners would pay my bail. It'd be the first time we were ever sponsored with monetary value. <laughs> is to get me out of jail wait hold on are we on to a business model no we're not i would do it i wouldn't oh my god that's that's horrible i can't say that on this podcast um so the blue jackets win four to two (laughs) um fuck four to nothing i meant four to nothing the blue jackets win four to nothing it'll be in the bio of the episode that's the power i have when i when I'm the producer people are gonna be like they're bad at their job that's not how the game went um bold of any of our listeners to call this a gerb I wish it was a job I would love to do this full-time the work that we do it's a lot of work it's It's an unpaid job this is episode 34 as you're listening to it but this is the 35th time we've sat down and done this and like, I, I would not want to do it with anybody else. I am having the time of my life doing it. But y'all, we were putting in these hours. But it's fun. I, would, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else or I wouldn't want to spend my time doing anything else. Dude, did we just get sappy? That's weird. <laughs> Emotions? What? I know. Weird for you, especially. Like, that's strange. I know. Crazy. Um, so yeah, we won. It was great. I don't know if they'll be able to do it again on Thursday. Um, oh, it'll be bad, right? Like it, like now that we're gonna be there, it's just gonna. Yeah, be we're bad. gonna be there, so of course they're gonna shit the bed. Like Nick's gonna break his leg so that we can't trade him, and <laughs> like. Wait, 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 wait! Nick's gonna break his leg so we can't trade him. That came out of your mouth. Look at Riley Nash. <laughs> I'm just saying that I would not have expected you to say injury. that. <laughs> I'm like stressed out that you said that. If you would have said David Savard, I would have been like, okay, all right. I wouldn't have said anything, but you said Nick Foligno. That's because you keep reminding me that the potential of Nick Foligno no longer being on this team and no longer being the captain, the only captain I've ever known and am extremely loyal to will potentially not be a blue jacket anymore. So I'm, putting it into my vernacular damn this is your fault out of our blue we rise and cry out of our blue we cry (laughs) wow 
Do you remember when everyone, I mean, they still do make fun of it, but remember when it first came out and everyone was like, what the fuck does that mean? I would say that I am one of the biggest maker funner. What? Of the of the phrase out of our blue we rise. That's like bad, right? Like, can we like sit here and and discuss? I just don't that? know what it means. Like out of our blue, what? Like our blue mood? Out of our blue mist? Out of our blue line. Like what? What is it? Out of our jackets we rise? That doesn't make any sense. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't think, I I think it has to do with like despair, like an out of our blue, like out of our like sadness. Yeah, because we're the underdogs and we rally and we, we find a way, you know, we, we find a way to whatever. And like, so I get that part of it, but it just doesn't. I don't know. We could have a better catchphrase. Wait, hold on. Is there an actual definition of the out of our blue? Wait. I have to... This is a long art... Oh, <laughs> I could read it. I can't, I just found... <laughs> I would like to spend an episode dissecting this entire thing. Um, it's just like, this is the most dramatic. It's by Jeff Savota, which respect. We love you, Jeff. Some of this is fun. Funny though. Um, out of our blue, we rise. This is a nod to the fact that supporting the Blue Jackets is unlike anything else in sports, with fans owning a language and a shared history all of their own. No one has to explain who Leo is or where the cannon is for a meetup or why three goals means a chant for Chile. I promise that I would like the promo better if it was involved, like if Chile was involved. I like, hate Chile chant so much. It needs to be done different, right? Like it has, like I'm okay with it existing, but it can't be like for those about to rock fire. We salute you. It's such a mood killer. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be like it has to go back into like the whip by Lockley. Like it has to go back into like whoa, oh, 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 oh. oh." You, you get it. You, you all listen to this podcast. You know, it has to go from the cannon to that, and then you can do the chili after that. Like I'm okay with that, but you can't like do cannon chili. Then whoa oh like you can't you can't do it like it kills it it's such a downer um but if Yarmo Keko line you can hear it you can hear I'm sorry I'm still in the chili jam you can hear how sad the audience gets every time it immediately drops to chili right like everyone's screaming and then it's like chili chili when the fuck will this be over chili what? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Um, it's like if this were the line, it's when we dig deep to do the right thing at the right moment for Chile. Like, I wish that that's how it would have been. This out of our blue, we rise thing. It's our blue. Like, I don't. I hope we're not rising for Chile. And I... <laughs> it depends on the kind of Chile. Like, here's my other thing. I would like to have this discussion. Why is Skyline 
in the arena as a concession choice, but Skyline is not the chili provider of the three-goal situation for the Blue Jackets. I would also like to see the numbers of how many people actually redeem the free chili at Roosters. It was such, it was so convenient when it was Wendy's. It started as Wendy's, I think. I'm pretty sure it started as Wendy's. I would have been down for that. Wendy's chili is good. And then it went to Bob Evans. Okay. And, and then it went to Roosters. And when you make somebody have to go in and sit down at a fine dining establishment such as Bob Evans or Roosters, it's going to like limit the people who are going to go so much. Like I would not go. I don't have... I don't have the clothes for it. I can't, I can't dress up on a Tuesday after the blue jackets beat the lightning. I can't like, I couldn't walk into a fucking Bob Evans tomorrow, a fucking roosters tomorrow and be like, good day. I'll have a chili. Like I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it. I just love that you called them both fine daddies. <laughs> I could tell. That's why I ran with it. I normally we do this when we lose and we don't want to talk about the game or we talk about literally everything but the game but i mean we really pretty much summed it up like the blue jackets won they didn't look like shit for the first time in a few weeks um really exciting stuff i think we've made it clear that like we're taking any positive moment as what it is you know a silver lining and whatnot because we can't get we can't fall back into this one win means everything's going to change because the likelihood of that is so slim. Like it's so slim and there's just not enough luck in this area right now for that to be the case. Jeremy made a very weird face on the zoom call. It's because I like whenever we get a notification, I always check it to see if like for any reason, like it should be something I bring up on on the podcast, like as we're recording it. This fight between Jeffrey Veal of the San Jose Sharks and Sam Carrick of the Anaheim Ducks is. Oh, my God. Um, So if you're the kind that likes to see a fight, check that out. Is there blood? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, there's big blood. Um. But I do like to your point, like, and, and and this is like, I know, I know that they have to, but when the guys in the studio are like, all the jackets can do is get their two points and keep hoping that things above them work out, baby, quit, stop. I would say the most realistic person in the studio is Jean-Luc Grandpierre, where he's just like, they're not fucking going to the playoffs. He's like, I've been here before. I played for this team. <laughs> and Jeff happening. And Jeff Rimmer like is just like still unaware that there's not 41 games left to play. He's also still unaware that Sergey Bobrovsky does not play for this team anymore. He doesn't. That's doesn't. weird. Um, yeah. And then I I love Jody Shelley. I I do so much. He is such a homer. I love him. I do too, but he's such a homer. And I'm just like, Jodes, like, I... I just, like, want to be his friend. Oh, yeah. I think my dad rode motorcycles with Jody when he was in the league. Still. Adorable. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Sarah and I once sat beside people at a game whose 
little kid was coached by Jody Shelley in the Pee Wee League. And they about how great of a guy he was is so oh yeah i mean there's no doubt in my mind that he is like one of the best people in hockey with that being said though i simply need him to stop thinking this team has a chance to make the playoffs (laughs) like that's all i need yeah i mean if i've given up hope correct yeah jody shelley might be more of an eternal optimist than you are which is crazy i have five lines tattooed on my body so and you have a cannon. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, the disrespect. <laughs> um, yeah. And how much do they both cost, Miss Girl? The same amount of money, which is stupid. <laughs> I said, you want to talk about her or no? I didn't know Mackenzie then. Although, what's her minimum? Her minimum is not too far off of 100 anyway. And you would have tipped her stupid because you're a kind patron. Because I love her um she's great i would love to be sponsored by them that would be awesome if you're looking for a tattoo hit up our girl mackenzie at black river tattoo company in loudonville ohio or is his name ben no what's his name jack j begins with a j doesn't it sure okay don't remember <laughs> i think it does her I don't tattoo know. business partner that i now can't remember what his name is all i know is i still have the photo of jesus that he bought at goodwill that is like the big framed jesus that he like then like it's it's jesus with open arms and like welcoming you to heaven but it he painted fuck around and find out <laughs> on it which i think is like the funniest thing in the world his name is Brad. And you want to know, I know this because my brother-in-law's name is Brad and the two of them remind me of each other. So go see Brad and Mackenzie at Black River Tattoo Company in Loudonville, Ohio. They're amazing. Jeremy and I now both have tattoos from them. Um, I have multiple. Uh, Jeremy has his first friend from Mackenzie, but great humans. And that's Brad spelled J-B-R-A-D. <laughs> because I was so convinced that it began with a J. I just feel like all men that inflict inflict pain on people, his name began with a J. And I hear you, listeners. I hear you. I see you. That you're probably in your head thinking, Jeremy, that's really peculiar because your name also starts with a J. And I listen. Like I can only tell you that I think I'm an anomaly to it, but you're gonna believe what you're gonna believe, and that's okay. Um, his middle name also starts with the J. You're not helping. My last name is also a first name. Today, uh, the other day, my advisor, my academic advisor, told me that I should start going by um, my middle name professionally. So that way, because when I looked up Jeremy Paul, Ohio, like I looked up like Ohio, like added it, um, a man who was uh, indicted, and I really didn't follow up um, for murdering a woman in Springfield, a 39 year old, his name is Jeremy Paul. And I was like, yikes. Like, I hope people don't think I'm a 39 year old who like got away with murder. When I apply for jobs and things. And so my professor was like, go by your middle name. I'm like, I just think that John Paul would have some like popish kind of, kind of results. Yeah. I, you can't go by John Paul. I, it's a story not for this podcast. But there was previously a John Paul in my life, and I 
do not wish to return to them. Was it Pope John Paul II? I mean, as a former Catholic, yes, but also another person whose name was John Paul. Can you be a former Catholic? I am one. I know, but like, are are you that like, are you like, just like, do you, I, I don't know. I mean, I works. guess technically in the eyes of God, I'm still, I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> Catholic, but I am not practicing. There, we, make more sense. I am a not practicing Catholic. Perfect. I, yep. I love that. All right. We need to get the hell out of here before we start talking all this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun episode. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, we're going to have two episodes, two hours worth of content probably coming out tomorrow because of this episode. Um, we'll drop this one tonight after it's done uploading. But Laura, any final thoughts before we wrap up and, and let these good people uh, get on with their lives? Well, I guess our my final thought is that um, if you listen to this one first, uh, the next episode is our very special trade deadline episode um, where we were honored to be joined by um, the incredible journalist uh, Mark Scheig um, from the Hockey Writers. We had such an incredible conversation, so much good content, so much good information. It was truly like Jeremy and I were riding a high after our interview with Mark uh, last night. And it was just such, like I said, such an honor for us to have him on the show and to talk about, you know, some of these potential crazy things that are going to happen for the Blue Jackets, both here at the trade deadline and over the course of the off season. Um, And, you know, kind of where he sees the team going and he was just could not, could not be a better dude. So we are very excited um, for all of you to hear that episode and, you know, get, get sort of, pumped up for the trade deadline on monday i'm not ready to be emotional support in the way that you're going to need me to be on monday but mark provides us with some tips to to prepare yourself for um for monday's deadline so you'll want to take note of those um other than that y'all like i'm gonna take laura's gig because laura just plugged that next episode so i'm gonna give y'all our socials make sure that you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram at subjectively pod. We are, we are having so much fun on Twitter, very specifically. Like I find Twitter to be like almost as important, if not more important, not more important. I think our audience is bigger on Twitter than it is in terms of the podcast. So I like take that so seriously. Like I have so much fun interacting with folks on Twitter. Um, it seems that people kind of like our takes. And I only say that because we haven't been in the middle of like a really ludicrous blue jackets fan brawl, which I feel like people get involved in quite often. So I'm going to chalk that up as a win. Um, but yeah, I just keep engaging with us. Um, no matter where you're from, no matter whose team is your team, keep chatting with us. We really enjoy it. So that's at subjectively pod, you know how we spell it. Um, I haven't done this in a minute, but if you are looking to, if you're like me and you blew all of your real life money gambling on sports teams that you probably shouldn't be gambling on, you can join our Vigit League. Vigit is an online social media for, um, for betters to talk about the bets that they're making, to make risk-free money-free bets and share those with their friends and betting leagues, all that kind of fun stuff. And you can join Vigit. You can join the Subjectively Bets. I think that's what I call the league. 
you can join the subjectively bets betting league uh you would sign up and you would use promo code subjectively pod just the same as our instagram or twitter and uh you would you know join our our betting league and just see how terrible we are at actually making bets but you'll see our buddy stevens out here killing the game uh but until we get to talk to you all again like laura and i will be at the game on thursday so we're looking forward to that hopefully we come to you with fun podcast content on thursday evening but check out the trade deadline episode hopefully you enjoyed this manic episode and we will talk to you all again very soon stay well stay safe bye